Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we're talking about Parachutes by Coldplay, released in 2000 under Parlophone Records. And my guest is Indrita. Hello. I'm Hi, Indrita. So, I'm so honored to be on this podcast. Like, I like waited for the time and I'm like, it's time to make an appearance. It's today. <laughs> it's, it's today. today. <laughs> <Time has come. laughs> and I'm so excited to have you because, Indrita, you're actually our first new guest in a very, very, very long time. You've had some amazing guests. So I do feel a pressure to like fill in their shoes, but, uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes for me today. If you'll ask me back. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I already can guarantee that even without, even without going through the rest of the episode, I'd ask you back already. Um, <laughs> but it's been kind of a long time coming, getting you here. I mean, like you've been so supportive of the pod since the beginning. So I'm so honored to have you here today. The only thing I wish I could change is I wish you were sitting across from me in person. Me too. Honestly, I, there's nothing I'd love more, but these circumstances, they are what they are. So hopefully the next time I'm on, I'll be like in your beautiful kitchen table with that like gorgeous palm tree in the background, sipping a cocktail, you know, mixed by you. So I have hope. <laughs> I have hope as well. That's totally the dream. You and I have been friends for, I counted it, 12 years. <gasps> wow. Which is pretty crazy. It is. I still remember the first day meeting you. Um, first day of was, school. Sec- no, right before the first day of school. Grade nine orientation. Grade nine like orientation. The, the summer orientation days. I like knew that like my sister's friend, Nick, had a younger sister named Kiara. We were going to like both be in the like ninth grade together. And literally it was like one of those instant friendship things. I was like, I know we're going to be friends, but we didn't have like any classes that first semester of high school, which was so tough. I think we made it work. I th- feel like- We made it work, yeah. Even though we didn't have any classes together, I feel like you and I are kindred spirits. So yes. it was very much so like, as soon as we met each other, we're like, oh, this will be our, this will be our, because you were my first like new high school friend. Mm-hmm. Likewise. And we immediately bonded. Like SNL was like our favorite thing in the world. Yes. Um, so many SNL. <laughs> and a lot of like the projects we worked on in high school are like pretty hilarious and amazing. Like I want to go back and, and see them in hindsight now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you and I are also, I feel like we're very similar people. We also both have, you know, first names that tend to get butchered by yes. <laughs> pretty much everybody. Um <laughs> It's a really strong commonality. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> Kindred spirits. But we also got like mixed up. Like we got um, mixed up all the time by <laughs> just by teachers, by like people in our grade. All the time. People are like, Kiara, I'm like, hey, I'm Andrita. Like, <laughs> and I know like vice versa. It happened all the time. Like we do look pretty similar and we like had the same hair color back then. Yes. So we like had our natural color. hair color back. Well, you're, you're back to natural. I've <laughs> gone I'm completely the other way. <laughs> I was like, back to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll twin. <laughs> but no, it's, and it's funny because we like, we always kept in touch. You and I went to, so we went to the same high school. We went mm-hmm. to the same university. And then now, I mean, like, I guess we've been out of university for, for quite some time. Um, but yeah. you just moved to Toronto. So now you're going to be in the same city as me. So that means once all this COVID drama is over, we can like hang out properly and not just do virtual hangouts. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be in the same city as you. Me too. I'm, and I'm so happy to have you on today. Like I was literally like waiting all day at work. I was just like, <laughs> I cannot wait to call Andrina tonight. Have her on the pod. It's going to be so exciting. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to do this today. Oh my God, my absolute pleasure. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, now, Judah, we have a bit of a busy schedule, so I want to get us off and start talking about the album uh, that we've got on the docket today, which is Parachutes by Coldplay. Yes. Which I'm and so excited to talk to you about. Me too. Honestly, re-listening to that whole album for this pod, 
A, made me realize, I texted you right away. I was like, Kiara, I'm so happy we chose this because it just like brings me back to a certain time in my life, like brings back all the feelings and emotions. And like, literally I was reading some interviews about it and Will Champion, the drummer of Coldplay, he was saying the exact same thing. It's just like an album that takes you back. And I'm like, yes, that encapsulates it, I think, perfectly. You're like, I feel you, Will. I, I feel you, you Will. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you say? How about we uh, go into a little bit of history of Coldplay and uh, then we'll start talking about the songs. Perfect. Coldplay is an alt-rock band formed in London, UK. Their lineup includes Chris Martin on lead vocals and the keys, Johnny Buckland on guitar, Guy Berryman on bass, and Will Champion on drums. The four musicians met while studying at University College London in 1996. And fun fact, the band was actually called Pectorals in their early years. Ooh, I did not know that. Wow. Which was an interesting <laughs> name choice, I thought. <laughs> um, and they only adopted the name Coldplay at the suggestion of another one of their classmates who had actually been using the name Coldplay for his own band. And he kind of let them use it instead. So they owe the name and a lot of their success, I think, to this random person. <laughs> this random classmate whose band name they stole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, their first EP was called Safety, and it was released in 1998 with only 500 copies being made available. And this was because the band was just going to distribute them to record labels in the hopes of getting signed, which eventually they were by Parlophone Records in 1999. But they only signed after they finished school, which I thought was interesting. So they actually mm -hmm. kept their rock star dream on hold until they graduated. Look at that. You always hear like people like dropping out. So like good on them. Like Chris Martin, he does look like the bookish type. So I like, agree. Yeah. He graduated from school, but it was a big year for them. They actually played Glastonbury festival in 1999, which was like their first big introduction into the world. Um, an incredible and festival to like start like your career. As your first festival, they played glass, not like as a yeah. headliner, but like yeah. probably on a small side stage, but Smaller. still yeah. it's Glastonbury. So. Like that's impressive. <laughs> it's one of the biggest music festivals in the world. So incredible, like springboard for them. Absolutely. And what it means like also for like, to be like what they are, like a Brit pop, that like genre, like the, I feel like it really has like that launched their careers probably. Around the time that they played Glastonbury, they released a second EP that was called the blue room. But the album that we're talking about today, parachutes is their debut full length studio mm -hmm. album released in 2000, four major singles, shiver, yellow, trouble, and don't panic. The album performed very well on the charts. It debuted at number one on the UK albums chart and it hit number 51 on the US Billboard 200 and it went double platinum in both the UK and the US. And over the last 20 years that they've been together, Coldplay has become one of the biggest, most successful bands in the world, selling over 100 million records, winning nine Brit Awards and seven Grammys. What an accomplishment. Wow. What a career. Yeah, they just continue to like outdo themselves. That's like the, the beauty of it all. I feel like you have your incredible debut album like you have with Parachutes. And I know they sort of struggled with X and Y, the, their next album after that. Like how are we going to top this? But every mm -hmm. album they've released since, I always managed to fall in love with. Like, I'm like, how do you do it? How do you become innovative? And you kind of regenerate. It's just, it's fabulous. I think that's part of their beauty. Okay, so Indrita, we're talking about the album Parachutes. So it's only fitting that we're drinking a cocktail of the same name. Today, we're drinking the Parachute Cocktail. Very it's exciting. It's a Not, beauty. Oh my God. Can you hold it up for the camera? Like, oh my God. very I'm yellow. Oh. <laughs> oh. Whoa. See what you did there. <laughs> I, see what I, I see what I did there. Wow. I'm so impressed with myself. I'm um, super impressed with you. <laughs> first time I've had this cocktail, but I got to say it's, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, like it's growing on me, I think, as I drink more of it, which I suppose is a common theme when it comes to alcohol. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it is good. And if anybody wants to listen to the album Parachutes and drink along with us, you will need one ounce of vodka, half an ounce of Cointreau, or you can use triple sec, half an ounce of coconut rum, an ounce of orange juice, and an ounce of sugar syrup. Combine everything in a shaker over ice and serve it in a martini glass. And you can also be where you and I are right now with this beautiful yellow parachute cocktail. Look at that. Cheers to you, Andrita. Cheers to you, Kiara. Also, full disclaimer for should we tell the audience that I don't you can have tell a the audience? Uh, okay, I will sadly tell the audience I don't have a parachute cocktail. Um, because I just don't think I would have like lived up to the amazing cocktail that Kiara had created and I was not able to source some of the ingredients. So I settled for a glass of wine, but I'm going to take you up on that parachute cocktail the next time I'm over once COVID restrictions lift. <laughs> I'll make you one girl. And that's what we got to do on this pod. We got to peel back the facade every now and then or peel back exactly. the curtain. You know, yes, absolutely. We got to keep it real. Got to keep it real always. And you're <laughs> still drinking and that's the main point. That's- that's the important thing. Yeah. That's the important thing. Well, like very like Gwyneth e. Paltrow. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to do my own thing. <laughs> Another connection. I see Another what you connection. did there. Yes. <laughs> We've got our drinks, Andrita. Um, how about we talk a little bit about this album overall? So can you fill me in on like how you started listening to Coldplay, what your relationship is with the band, um, how you feel about this album just kind of overall? Of course. Okay. So like with all things music, my dad introduced me to them. I think every, like one of my musical tastes and favorite bands and songs have all been influenced by him. And uh, he bought us their, um, their album, A Rush of Blood to the Head. And like young me, this was like early 2000s, right? That album cover has like stuck with me. You know what I mean? It's like that sort of like 3D visual of of, like the head. It's like Um, made of stone. It's like a statue almost. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we used to play that album a lot in my house. My dad really loves Coldplay as well. So that's how I was introduced to the band, which is always so nice. I'm like, my dad introduced me to Coldplay. But um, for Parachute specifically, I have to give credit to my sister. Um, I first heard like heard of Yellow and Sparks through her. And I think that's what inspired me to like, when I was in my more like musical phase in high school, like to really take a deep dive throughout that album. And I think that's why to this day, that album reminds me of being like in high school and like, I don't know, all the emotions of being a teenager, I really, I feel like can relate to that album. It speaks to me in that, and it really brings me back to that place in my life. How about uh, you, Yara? Like, how did you first hear of them and, and get hooked onto Coldplay? So I've always been more of a just the hits person mm-hmm. when yeah, it comes just to the hits. <laughs> just the hits. I like that. It makes, it makes sense. They have a lot of hits. So you probably do like a lot of their, album, their songs. I mean, I do. And I, I totally do. I think the first album I heard in full though was probably X and Y. X and Y has um, Speed of Sound, like Fix You, you. Yep. Hardest Part, like yeah. big, again, a lot. there's a lot of hits of that record. So that's probably why it's the one I remember the most. But I remember being in high school and I've actually talked about it on the pod when, when I did one of the solo episodes when COVID first hit. Um, and I did an episode on Mumford and Sons. Mm-hmm. And I talked about how like you were my you are my musical soulmate in the sense where all these artists, all these songs came from you hundred percent. And I was just like, I'm honored. Can I just say (laughs) you're always leading the way for me in music. So the fact that I've inspired you for a few things here and there, whoa, (laughs) no, you totally, and you totally did. And, uh, I remember speaking to you, like this was when we were still getting to know each other, but you were the one who told me about the album parachutes and specifically the song sparks. So every time I listen and we'll get into it later, but every time I listen to sparks or listen to Coldplay in general, there's always like 
a hint of Andrita in there just because it's something that I always relate to you. So that's very, it's very special to me in listening to this album for sure. So sweet. It makes this even better that we, like full circle, we can come around on your podcast and talk about it. <laughs> exactly. See, and then you can come back and we could talk about more of these sure. albums that you filled me in on. What I, and I really liked how you had spoke about in the beginning, uh, the evolution of Coldplay as a band, because I think that's what comes to mind for me. I remember when Viva La Vida came out, like Viva La Vida are death to all his friends. And I remember people like being like, whoa, this is a new avenue for Coldplay. Like they kind of took what they were originally known for, which is maybe a more unassuming side of British rock or British alt rock. Mm -hmm. And they became this like stadium band. Mm -hmm. Um, They pulled in like, I think, you know, U2's producer and they, they were more experimental. They had collabs, like suddenly they were collabing with people like Beyonce, Rihanna, Jay-Z. It was an evolution, 100%. So um, I think that's something that always stuck with me about this band. And I never know where they're going to go next. And you you, you said that already, but I'm just like, to go from something like Parachutes to like even Milo Zioto, 90, like 90 degrees. What is this? 180 degrees. 180 degrees. 90 degrees would be like this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A little. (laughs) But then that was like a 180. If you, if you sat somebody down and you played them Parachutes and you played them Milo Zioto or even, you know, um, Viva La Vida, Mm -hmm. I feel like they wouldn't necessarily associate them with the same band because it's two totally different styles. That's true growth to me as a band. And you also have to think like you have a few people in this band. It's not one person leading the helm or making the decisions. The fact that they all sort of grew and obviously to be rewarded with it, with like you mentioned, Grammys and like being on the billboard charts, like that is like, I don't know, incredible. And the longevity. Parachutes came out 20 years ago this summer. 20 years. Isn't that insane? Is, that is insane. And we can still talk about this album. It still feels so relevant and fresh. And I think that that speaks to, to the band and they're, you know, genius. Totally. And they are going to be, fun fact, they're going to be releasing a special edition of Parachutes in November for the 20th oh. anniversary. Wow. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is very fitting. This yes. Is- like great timing on your part. (laughs) Yes. I totally planned it. I totally timed it. And uh, no, it's okay. I feel like on this pod, it's just happy accidents. We just happen to do a lot of anniversaries and I'm just like, oh, that worked out out quite nicely. Perfect. Yeah. Big album, big debut album, which is always very exciting to talk about because it really is the starting of an identity of a band. So what do you say, Andrita? How do you feel about going into some of the details of the songs? I would love to. Let's do it. Okay. Andrita. Where do you want to start with our discussion on parachutes today? What song really stands out in your mind? I think we have to give credit to where credit is due and probably talk about Yellow first. It's probably the most popular song on the album and there's a lot of history kind of behind it. So I always thought the song Yellow was about Gwyneth Paltrow, color of her hair, maybe the way Chris Martin felt when he was with her, but it is a common misconception. Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow started dating in 2002, so long after the song was written. And Apparently, every time Chris Martin is asked about, like, what's yellow? Like, wh- how are you inspired to write it? He will always give a different story. He keeps it oh. like really fresh. Like, he one time said he was inspired by a yellow phone book, which is weird. But the one that, like, he kind of talked the most about was with Howard Stern in an interview with him in 2011. And, you know, Howard Stern's asking him, like, you know, that's a really romantic song. Like, were you in love with somebody at the time you wrote that? Is it about a specific girl? And Chris Martin, he's such a cheeky little Brit. It's about all girls. I don't know. The words in yellow are so beautiful. I'm like, wow, this is like, I think the depth of true love is like coming up with these lyrics. And 
at that time, I thought like singing it to Gwyneth Paltrow, but I was clearly wrong. Um, but it is, it is truly such a romantic song. And then this is the description he gave Howard Stern. So they were recording on a starry night in 1999 in like a studio in rural Wales, which like, oh, cool. I'd want to be there. Go to rural Wales. Yeah. Rural Wales. <laughs> you can't even say <laughs> That's a tongue twister. <laughs> rural. It's like, oh my God, 30 Rock, Jenna, rural juror. <laughs> rural Wales. Yeah. 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 Um, and so it was like nighttime. I think they just had recorded shiver. So they had outside for a break and they were standing underneath a starry sky. I guess the producer told him to look at the stars and that's how the beginning of the song started. So I can't help but think, I don't know. I just feel like I'm in like a Van Gogh starry night painting when Chris Martin came up with like, (laughs) I don't know the, this whole song. I just seriously, it's so beautiful, right? He just like looks up at the stars, the lyrics come to him, like the rest is history. I feel like it must've been one of those magical moments where you hear about songwriters where all of a sudden things just kind of start like coming out of them. Yeah. Where it's like, they don't even know it. It almost comes from a place like deeper within themselves than they knew that they had where like these words and the musicality and everything just kind of like comes out and you have no choice but to put it into a song because like you know do you, you know what I'm talking about like I feel like it, it just literally comes out like look at the stars look how they shine for you like yeah I just feel like it's coming out of your spirit right like you're like soul right now when you talk about it like I, I think that's why in my opinion most romantic song of all time it, it has like it's up there it's definitely up there and this is what put them this was a huge hit for them it was a big song kind of put them on the map right if this was this was i think the first single off the album um so put them on the map in terms of this british alt rock scene Mm -hmm. and it has what i noticed in comparison to the rest of the record it it, it hits like middle point it's like track Mm -hmm. five or six or something i think in Mm -hmm. the record so what i think is interesting is compared to the rest of the songs it has this like bigness to it mm-hmm. where in my mind I can see I've never seen Coldplay live but in my mind I can see the stadiums and I can see people holding up lighters or holding up flashlights or whatever it is like to this song like it has that crowd quality can I just like chime in so Please. I saw them in concert with my family in 2012 I believe 2013 it was their Milo Xyloto tour and literally Kiara what you said is just like spot on so we had the wristbands with like the coordinated the lights the lights where they can coordinate the whole show from people's wristbands and that was just one of the songs where people are together obviously it's yellow and people are just like swaying together like it is that is like when you think of a Coldplay concert like it was everything I wanted it to be and more like you were there you felt like you were of something greater like an incredible experience like I I can't even put into words and those are the special moments like just exactly like you said it you can't communicate to somebody else what that's like Mm -hmm. until they've experienced it for themselves and I think those moments are absolutely pure magic as I think about this song as pure magic as well to me this song like it's interesting that Chris always gave different explanations as to who the song was about or like there was a mystery girl or multiple girls or the phone book whatever it was maintains some elusiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I like about this song is it's very, it's very positive. And if I think about the color yellow, like I immediately go to like sunshine, like happiness, mm-hmm. brightness, positivity. And I think this song is just about reminding somebody like how, how perfect they are in, in somebody else's eyes and how much they love them. Like he said, like in the lyrics, it's your skin, your skin and bones turn into something beautiful. You know, I love you. So that's just such a simple, pure way of just being like, you are literally you are literally a human, just a human being. You're another human being that like anybody else could pass in the street, but like, I think you're so beautiful and I 
love the light that comes off of you. I love the yellow. Like it's like a person's yellow. You know what I mean? You know, like their aura, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's something you're, you're definitely, you'd be drawn to. And like what you said, like we're all human. And I feel like it's like, even with all of our faults, you know, that we see in ourselves and all of the critiques, you know, we're hard on ourselves, but you go into like Chris Martin's point of view and it's like, wait a minute, your skin Oh yeah, your skin and bones. Yeah. Like, you know, something so just basic isn't the right word, but just something simple. So simple about us. He like makes it into the most romantic line of song. And I I, I think that's beautiful what he does there. You it's know what it reminds cool. me of? Why? Tell me. Okay, you're gonna appreciate this. Yeah. So a star is born. <gasps> yes. So remember how spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen A Star is Born, the remake or the originals, but <laughs> In the most recent version with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, there's a part at the end where Sam Elliott, who plays Bradley Cooper's brother, tells Lady Gaga after Bradley Cooper has passed, tells her, Jackson always used to say that music is just 12 notes. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same 12 notes over and over again, but he loved the way you sang those 12 notes. And I'm like, if we are all just skin and bones, you can still love the way a person's composed. Like you can still love the way their skin and bones are, are put together and who they are. Exactly. Oh my God. That's what a beautiful way to bring in a star is born. I had to talk about it, Andrita. We both love a star is born. We both bawled out, like cried. Like ugly cried in the theater. Me too. I think I ruined people's movie viewing experience because I was crying so loudly. (laughs) So aggressively. Do you remember the time where we watched, where I came over to your place and we were with your mom and we watched The Notebook? Oh my God. Why (laughs) would I do that to you? A, and we were like watch with my mom B, like yes like i've watched the notebook on so many sleepovers and do you think i like learn i anticipate what's happening never you know, ugly tears always always <laughs> just like just incredibly so just mascara down to the chin and oh, it's i actually remember that night it was like a friday night you had yeah. just come over we all watched it oh my god Guys, like, let's watch something fun the fun. notebook <laughs> notebook don't do that guys this is how like far back we go. You know what I mean? Far back. Far back. When the notebook is Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams were still together. I know. The good old days. It was a simpler time. It was truly a simpler time. It was a simpler time. Anyways, I think that's a great place to start it off, Andrita. I think I'm going to go next. I think I want to jump to Sparks. (laughs) Yes. So kind of Kind of similar to what you were saying, I love the simplicity of Sparks Mm -hmm. because it's almost like an acoustic track on the record. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very soft, again, very unassuming, very quiet. I will never remember when or where or exactly how you told me about Sparks. It was one of those things where like someone tells you about it and then suddenly you hear it and you find it everywhere. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it was one of those weird instances where you were like, oh yeah, I love Coldplay and I love the song Sparks. And I was like, interesting. I've never heard that before. And then I watched Wedding Crashers and then (gasps) it was in Wedding Crashers. And I was like, it is? Yes. Like like they, I think like somebody breaks up and it's like, they're going to get back together. Was it like Owen Wilson and Rachel McAdams? It's Owen Wilson, Rachel McAdams. I think it's like, he's trying, they're like sleeping, but they're in separate rooms, but they're both like lying awake. Thinking about each other. Yeah. what yeah. a great use of that song. Great use of the song. So no matter what happens, as soon as Sparks come, comes on, if I'm like playing music or I'm out for a walk or whatever it is I'm doing, I'm just like intrigued at. Like it literally goes straight to you every single time. When, when I think about this song too, I mean, it's obviously a love song, but I feel like a song being a love song isn't, it doesn't have to be like a love song that's purely um, like romantic. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like these kind of songs like aren't mutually exclusive when it comes to 
friendship or romantic relationships or familial relationships. Like I feel like it all kind of combines into one because in the lyrics, it's, you know, I'll always look out for you. That's what I'll do. And that's not necessarily just with the person that you're involved with uh, romantically. It's with a great friend that you've known for forever. It's with your sister. It's with your brother. It's with your parents. And I love that part of the song. And it's so honest and raw too. And there's like, there's like a gentleness to it. There's like some like very light keyboard action kind of in the chorus. It's almost like xylophone. Maybe xylophone's a better word. Yeah. I know exactly what you're what you're referring to. Definitely. And, like, and it kind of gives me that like lullaby vibe. Lullaby is probably the best way to describe it. 100%. You nailed that one. I think it's my favorite song off the record. I would agree with you. Honestly, I have such a hard time choosing them because I feel like they're all, like I said, they're all amazing, but I have such a funny like little history with the song. And I was like, I don't know if I should tell like the listeners of this podcast. Tell us. I will. (laughs) It's going to be embarrassing, but okay. Back in like 2006, when I first listened to the song, it was on YouTube. Um, and it was set to like a cut of like Harry Potter of like, Somebody like clearly thought that Harry and Hermione needed to be together. And they said all of these like longing glances between them to this song. (laughs) And at that moment, I love that. Isn't that hilarious? I have to find this for you. At that time, I was reading Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. It would make sense that 2006 is when it came out. So it's like, whoa like this my heart my heart a pang to my heart yeah and so that's actually I just the song makes me think about Harry Potter and like Harry and Hermione I'm like what about poor Ron (laughs) like um and it's hilarious Ginny what about Ginny yeah true I always think I'm better (laughs) Ginny is no one's favorite I mean no one's favorite Nobody is like my favorite character is Ginny like no you're lying obviously not so yeah this song always reminds me of Harry Potter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like a very, again, emotional time in my life because when that series was ending, I was like, whoa, what am I going to do now? What am I going to read now? Like they, like this book series has been my childhood and it was always set to Sparks, which is also kind of depressing song. So like, yeah, all the feels, all the feels, Kiara. <laughs> I love that though, because again, back when YouTube was starting out and everybody yeah. was kind of like, there were a lot of videos like that where they were like fan made, you yeah. know quote unquote shipping videos. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember finding, this is kind of off topic, but I remember finding a Modest Mouse song from one of those videos set to a video of two characters in The Walking Dead who weren't together, but like that they wanted to be together. Yeah. So same thing. It's like, yeah, you know this. You know this. Meant to be. (laughs) But it was the song um, Little Motel by Modest Mouse, which is like one of my favorite Modest Mouse songs now. But I found it because I happened to be like, ooh, I wonder who's going to put Daryl and Carol together. Did they make any compilations? And then I'm like, they did. They did. The internet always has an answer. I'm telling you. The internet finds a way. Yeah. Finds a way. Okay. I should also listen to this Modest Mouse song. I I really do like Modest Mouse. And I'm just kind of surprised with myself. I have not heard this one. It is a great song. Okay. It's fantastic. Highly recommend. Please listen. Everybody should go listen to Little Motel. Everybody. Little Motel. So you like this song as well, Andrea? Honestly, I just like, I flop between this and yellow. It's like, which one, like, what am I feeling today? Am I feeling a little happier, a little more yellow? Am I feeling a little more like lullaby, like sparks? Like, so what am I in the mood? (laughs) What am I in the mood for today, Chris Martin? Tell me. (laughs) Let's spin the wheel, see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great song. I really, really love this song. Where do you want to go next, Andrea? What are you feeling? Okay. Well, if we're on the topic of happiness and like, positivity I would probably say the song everything's not lost which I believe is the last track of the album last track 
And especially I think for these times that we're living in right now, everything's not lost people. It gives me hope, which I know you're going to relate to that. Like this will all pass and we can go back to concerts again. And the things that give us joy, because I know that's something that you and I, we love to do go together. I was just kind of reading about it online. What was the meaning? And it's just like, it is a truly like a chin up song. You know what I mean? Like chin up, like we've got this, just keep going. And for me that like beginning, the beginning lines of it, like when I'm counting up my demons, saw there was one for every day with the good ones on my shoulder. I drove the other ones away. Could that like not do a better job of, I feel like capturing how we all feel you know, in our day-to-day lives, in living in a pandemic, you know, we do have a demon somewhere within us. The COVID demon. (laughs) Yes, that's the one. But, you know, if you stay positive, you can really drive away that demon and there's good on the other side of this. And it's just like about not losing hope or faith. And I don't know, I feel like we have at times embraced our humanity. I feel like I have, I'm like, I just want to be more compassionate and sympathetic to people. Like people are going through so many different things, especially add this on top of it. So for me, everything's not lost. Obviously when I first listened to it, not in the context of today, but that's what made it feel so relevant to me. What do you think? I totally agree with you, Andrita. This one, I think I texted you a screenshot when I was listening to it. Yes. And I was like crying forever just because it does resonate with me so strongly today. And what I think is really interesting too, is there've been a lot of great songs, a lot of great covers, um, but a lot of great efforts that artists have put out during this time. A few songs come to mind pertaining specifically to quarantine, but like there's a song called like F2020. There's a song (laughs) called, there's a song called Zen by X Ambassadors and um, Kay Flay. And then like Blink-182 did a version called like quarantine and it's all just like, (laughs) fuck quarantine, like whatever. But um, I think it's funny because this was, here's a song released 20 years ago that almost gave me like the comfort and um, the clarity that I needed during this time versus all those other songs. And that's not to say that those other songs aren't great because they are, and I love them and they're more upbeat and fun. But Chris Martin, when when he wrote this song, he said, and I have a quote from him, He said, I do exactly what the song does. I think everything's terrible. What's the point? And then I think the point is, it's not that terrible. You've got to keep going. The thing is, our lives are great. We've had a funny old time, but the four of us, and he's speaking to Coldplay there, uh, the four of us are closer than we've ever been and nobody's going to knock us down. So it's kind of like coming out stronger on the other side. And I think despite all the shitty things that have been going on in the world and we've seen like, you know, this, this this hasn't been the year. This hasn't been the year for anybody, but you're still seeing positivity. You're still seeing people get married. You're mm-hmm. seeing people have kids. You're seeing people mm-hmm. make big life choices and, and choose to keep living um, as opposed to being dragged down by the, by the pandemic. And I agree with you. I think this song perfectly encapsulates that. Did you notice that like 20 second gap? And then, yeah, the, yeah. That nice little sort of like Qatari, like part. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's almost like got a hidden, a hidden third act in a that song. Third act. I yeah. know. Which yeah. is like, Hey, like, I, I feel like that little gap, it makes sense. I'm like, yeah. And look, you come out on the other side. And yeah, and absolutely. Through the tunnel. Through the tunnel. You made it through the tunnel. There is light at the end. And such a great way to end the record too. This is track 10. So you finish the record, you finish listening and you're like, everything's not lost. Everything's not lost. Everything will be all right. <laughs> I do have to say, Andrita, I've been enjoying my um, parachute cocktail a little too much. So I might need a bit of a refill. Do you oh, mind if we right. take a bit of a refill break and then we absolutely. come back? Is that Machine Gun Kelly on your t-shirt? I'm obsessed. I love. I have right? 
the biggest crush on him. I'm so glad you said that because I live. So Andrita, okay. I bought this t-shirt drunk as a skunk off Amazon. (laughs) Don't remember ordering it. And then it came and I was like, huh, it's so bad. Like it's literally like you can see the line of like where the photo was cropped and it's off center, like off center. I probably paid like $14 for it. It came from China. I have no idea how I did it. This is the funniest thing ever. I I would like to talk about Don't Panic. Oh, yes. Such a good one. Such a good song. I think for me, what sticks out the most about this song is, you know, the the main part of the chorus is that Mm -hmm. we live in a beautiful world. Like, we live in a beautiful world. Which again, in relation to everything we've already talked about, seems kind of daunting right now because it's hard to see the beauty in the world we live in right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris, did you write the song knowing that 20 years later there'd be a pandemic and you'd need to be crooning us with this, like... Honestly, Kara, I had written down the exact same line as you. Can I show you? <laughs> Receipts. 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 It's also a very simple song in the sense where, and I think we're, we're using the word simple over and over again, but I do think that that personifies who Coldplay is because the song is one verse and one chorus. Exactly. It's just a, re- a repetition. I think it's twice or maybe three times over. So it's kind of like, if it's not broken, like don't fix it. Like they wrote a really great verse. They wrote a really great chorus. And they're like, we're just going to sing this two or three more times. And that'll be the end of the song. And we'll call it a song. And, and we'll like, call it a day. It's a great song. The lyric that I love, there's a, in the final verse, he says, all that I know is that there's nothing here to run from because everybody's got somebody to lean on. Mm-hmm. And so I think when I think about the notion of living in a beautiful world, I think it maybe becomes beautiful because of the, the people that surround you in it. So mm-hmm. I like the fact that, especially during this time, what's keeping us sane, even though we might not necessarily be able to interact in person like we normally would, it's interactions like this that keep me sane. It's Mm -hmm. having a really great family, like connection to my family and having really great friends that's allowing me to lean on them and and keep me going and keep me alive. Absolutely. And I just know like you're referring to that tone when he ends off the song and we've all just got somebody to like lean on and yeah. Oh my gosh. Like kind of chills, you know what I mean? It's like that is our human existence. Like if we're not leaning on each other and being there for each other, then what's the point of it all? Like that is what makes a beautiful world. And sometimes I'm like, you know, how could you know young twenty year old like this like band? They're in their early twenties when they're recording. It's like how did they have such like a profound sense of of our world and of just like the things that are important? Like that really resonates with me. It's like a, a really sense of maturity and a beautiful way of thinking of the world. It, it doesn't seem like there's any anguish or uh, about it or any sort of resentment. You know, resentment. When you're in your early 20s, you know, you could just maybe you could be angry at the world, but they're clearly not. And I think that's what makes this record so beautiful, right? Like we keep finding such hopeful messages everywhere. I totally agree. 100%. Very well said, Andrita. Shiver. Obviously we have to talk about that. If we're doing this album. We got to talk about Shiver. It is like the lead. I think this was the lead single in Parachutes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, but Yellow like surpassed it in, in its popularity, but I think probably led with. The thing that I've literally wrote down so many times is when he, he sings, I'll always be waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And oh gosh, doesn't that just like do, do such a beautiful job? So apparently this song was written about Australian singer-songwriter Natalie Imbruglia. Um, I read about that. Yeah. But I've heard there's different, like, theories. Different theories. Where it's, some people say it's about Natalie Imbruglia, like, 
Nothing's fine. I'm torn. <laughs> oh my God. I just listened to that last night. I'm like, what an early, like, this is like my early 2000s, like rom-com hit, you know, yes. like, this is the song. Yeah. I'm all out of faith. <laughs> this is something real. Yeah. Natalie Bruglia. But they, yeah, they said that it, like, some people think it's about her. Some people, then he's like, oh no, it's about somebody else. He's very, again, very elusive. Elusive. Absolutely. Um, like, okay. Can we just talk about these lyrics? So I look in your direction but you pay me no attention, do you? I know you don't listen to me because you say you see straight through me. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm feeling all the feels right now. Like so many feels. Think that? Like, oh gosh, kind of leaves me like at a loss of words because I just, I do think they're so beautiful. They, I really do think they just do such a great job of speaking about like that love you can have from afar. Like Chris Martin, like he's a hell of a songwriter. Hell of a songwriter. Hell what do you think, Yara? I don't know. I I don't think maybe my analysis of the song was that as great, but because it's just like it makes me feel. Sometimes it's hard to put that into words. Right? No, it makes you feel. It makes you it feel. Makes you feel. Mm. End of sentence. It makes you feel absolutely valid. I agree with you. I also love this song. What was interesting was I feel like you and I looked at it different ways. Whereas I see the unrequited love piece, but I also kind of get like stalker vibes a little bit yes a hundred percent I know problematic definitely kind of problematic but also what I think is interesting about having a song like that is you know when Coldplay was first starting out they had done a couple EPs you know they were just kind of trying to get their feet wet now they're this huge successful rock band so I feel like any kind of stalkerish unrequited love role would now be reversed because somebody like Chris Martin or Johnny or Will or whoever would have people chasing after them so I think that that kind of like well 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 how the tables have turned has kind Mm -hmm. of like (laughs) come into play um but I think in that sense like maybe not the stalkerish part but the aura of the song in general is wanting someone you can't have or having of having feelings towards or having a crush on somebody that are like that that's so intense mm-hmm. where it's like you can't do anything else you can't think about anything else and I feel like everybody's been there at some everybody point everybody at one point in their lives has felt this way right yeah I also have to compliment Chris Martin on his vocals in this song yeah because mama that falsetto oh my god I wrote falsetto so many times through this song just like oh my god that voice the range is insane and like because he does it every time you know they sing the main part of the song which is like don't you shiv and he like goes really really high um (laughs) and there's a part too near the end where he says like is this my final chance of getting you but it's like it goes through it goes like final chance and it goes like really like i can't even go that high and like i'm a woman like i don't know how (laughs) he gets there seriously one of the most iconic voices in rock and roll and especially in the alternative world of rock and roll absolutely Um, and a great single off the album okay speaking of a falsetto led chorus oh please please spies spies yeah yeah yeah. apparently it's written about a james it's like a james bond sort of inspired yeah 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 yeah. i read that too low-key like this one is kind of one of those songs that was just like kind of goes under the radar but then you listen to it you're like oh this is such a great addition to the album like it is one of those filler songs I would probably have to say but it's a great one it, it transitions so smoothly from the bigger hits yes you listen to spies you're like oh this is still really great and I like it. I really like spies I also think it's high time that we had a Coldplay Bond theme because like yeah, what do I mean? What happened? I'm surprised because, like, from a British artist perspective, I mean, well, first of all, James Bond is a British character, yes. and then Adele's done it, Sam yes. Smith has done it. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So you've got Billie Eilish doing the most current one, which I love. Which I is know. Great. I was going to say, I was going to say Billie Eilish is what comes to mind. It's pretty amazing. But I feel yeah. like Coldplay could do a Bond theme very well. And I mean, like, since we're talking about spies, we can get, we can get into spies, but I feel like they could take the spookiness and the kind of um, like elegance that needs to go into a Bond theme and then mixed with their more experimental style. I think they could do it justice very, very well. And I think going deeper into this song too, like for me and listening to it and reading some of the lyrics. So for example, uh, Chris Martin sings, but you can't touch them. No, because they're all spies. They're all spies. Um, He says, I awake to see that no one is free. We're all fugitives. Look at the way we live down here. I cannot sleep from fear. No, I said, which way do I turn? And in listening to those lyrics, I'm very much, I very much relate because I go through, I go through these more like anxious bounce, mm-hmm. anxious bouts, anxious bounce of my life where like I struggle sometimes to fall asleep because I'll be thinking about work. I'll be thinking about all the COVID shit that's happening or just like crazy things going on in the world. And like, I feel those pressures kind of creep, creeping up and keeping me awake. Mm-hmm. And this idea of living like a fugitive is interesting because a fugitive's on the run from something. So it's like, we as humanity, what are we on the run from? Is it something like the pandemic that we're trying to avoid? Is it people? Is it possibly something good that we're, we're mm. scared to commit to or whatever it is? Like, again, the, the relatability factor of this song is so strong. Um, right. And just the fact that they decided to use the metaphor of a spy, like it's so visual. Like when he says spies came out of the water, it's like, I see the, the goggles. and like the- I picture it too. I picture literally like James Bond, like it's gray. The water's gray. Somebody just like emerges. Oh my God. I, I can visualize this song. Yeah. I know that's what you mean? Yeah. Um, and also do you know when like that beat drops? Gets oh heavy. my God. It's like major. I literally wrote when the beat drops. It's incredible. I don't know if you'd consider it your typical beat drop, but for me, I'm like, it's like they've built up the song and yeah, then it finally just like explodes. Explodes. Yeah. yeah. It gets kind of spooky near the end because it's like, they're going to, what does he say? They're going to, oh, if we don't hide, they're going to find us. Mm-hmm. it's heavier hitting. There's a lot of like instruments going all at the same time. Yeah. It takes away that unassuming nature that they've had previously and kind of throws you into it um, as a more, as a more hard rock song, which I think was interesting. It, it really does get all of your senses into play. You're so right about that. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of a nightmare. Do you always get those nightmares where you're yes. like running away from something? Yes. yes. That's a song. I'm like, what am I running away from? You know? And that's when you need to look deep inside yourself and be like, what is, what is it? What is it that I'm running from? What I'm running from. (laughs) Usually it's COVID for me, but I feel like we've reached the critical point in the podcast, which is where we need to offer up our closing thoughts on the album. Mm -hmm. Um, And we rate the albums at the end of the day. So we give them a rating out of five cocktails. In this case, parachute cocktails. Oh, I love that. At this point, could you do me a favor? Could you could you let me know what your overall feelings on the album are? Your kind of last uh, last thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with, and then how many parachute cocktails you would give this album out of five? So, a reminder on our rating system: one parachute cocktail or half a parachute cocktail is like you hate this record, you don't want to listen to it anymore. Five parachute cocktails would mean you could listen to this record for the rest of your life and never get tired of it. Initially, when we chose this album, I'm like, okay, I'll have to go back and revisit it because to be quite frank, I, I haven't listened to it in a little while. But when I did, boy, was I ever glad we we chose Parachutes as, as our album for me to feature on the pod with and talk about because every song, as you probably heard me for the past hour, I think is phenomenal. Like, like we discussed, what a debut record from Coldplay. 
again, these are like 20 year old men from UCL they're starting at their career. They're playing these smaller venues and you don't see success happen so rapidly. And like, I think that speaks to Coldplay. Like, you know, they are your quintessentially like your British rock band. And I really love this album. I, I love revisiting it. It transports you back to, you know, a younger you, a different you. And isn't that what music is all about? Like taking us to a particular moment in time. And I think um, Parachutes is this album for me. And in terms of the rating, I would give it four parachute cocktails out of five. I don't know if it's like one that I would listen to for the rest of my life, but I will say they're incredible artists. Their concert that I attended is probably one of the most memorable of my life. And so I'm excited for what the future holds for them. I, I'm definitely matching your rating. I do think if this is a four out of five record for me, four out of five parachute cocktails, which is a great rating. I think for me, because I've been such like a, a creature of habit when it comes to listening to hits and really only the hits when it comes to mm-hmm. Coldplay, um, they're not going to be a band that I stick with, you know, all the time. Like I'm not going to, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to give the full discography a full listen, but what I appreciate about the, what I, what I appreciate <laughs> is the problem when you mix vodka, rum and Cointreau. <laughs> what I really appreciate about the band is exactly what you said. I have the greatest respect for artists who are able to come up with something different and not be afraid to try something new and not get stuck in their own heads or stuck in their own molds of what they think success should look like. I will say this is an amazing Coldplay record. I'm so grateful to have gone back and listened to it in the context of 2020 Mm. because had this year not been so awful, I don't know if it would have resonated as well, but it is a great album to listen to in a pandemic. Who would have guessed in 20 years time when they released this wonderful album, there'd be a global pandemic going on and your message of hope and positivity can resonate with at least two ladies here, you and me. Well, look, Indrita, it's been such an honor for me to have you on the pod today. I've had so much fun chatting with you about this album and it's meant the world to me. So thank you so much for coming on today. Likewise, Kara, thank you so, so much for having me on. I admire so much what you do. You're just, your knowledge about music, it really translates so beautifully on this podcast. So truly for me, it is an honor to be on it. And uh, I, I hope we can do this again. Hopefully face-to-face. Yes, absolutely. I really hope so. Sipping the same cocktail. <laughs> exactly. I'll make you a strong one. A strong one for <laughs> <Perfect>. next time. <laughs>